Book two, chapter twelve of Red Masquerade. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. Red Masquerade by Louis Joseph Vance. Book two, The Lone Wolf's Daughter. Chapter twelve. Suspect toward mid-evening the man victor vasilievsky and his creature sturm sat where the lamp of hand-wrought brass made the top of the teak-wood table an oasis of light amid a waste of shadows their heads together over a vast glut of books and papers maps printed and sketched curious diagrams works of reference documents all dark with columns of figures and cabalistic writings intelligible only to initiated eyes they had the study all to themselves nevertheless when they spoke it was in the discreet pitch of those who deal in fatal secrets at a distance of two paces only a lip-reader could have caught the substance of their communication and even such a one must have failed unless equally at home in german and in english aside from these occasional and circumspect voices and the busy rustle of a steel-pen in the hand of sturm the quiet of the room had a tolerably constant background of sound in a subdued whisper punctuated by muffled clicks emanating from the bronze casket that housed the teleautographic apparatus from time to time as this noise temporarily suspended victor would get up read what the mechanical stylus had inscribed tear off the paper and return to his chair some of the messages thus received he made known to sturm who invariably acknowledged this courtesy with effusive gratitude sometimes adding a few words of contented comment other messages victor chose to keep to himself silently setting fire to them and adding their brittle ashes to those of their predecessors on the brazen tray provided for this purpose at such times sturm would bend lower over his work but victor was well able to guess what resentment glimmered in the eyes so studiously averted and his cold sardonic smile more than once commented unknown to sturm upon the accuracy with which he read the mean workings of his secretary's mind the buzz of a muted bell presently interrupted the even tenor of their industry causing sturm to start sharply drop his pen and slew round in his chair turning to victor a livid face in which his dark eyes of a fanatic were live embers of excitement without a sign to show he shared or even was aware of sturm's emotion victor deliberately fished from beneath the table a telephone instrument unhooked the receiver and pronounced a conventional phrase of greeting to this he added a short yes 
and after listening quietly for some seconds very good in twenty minutes then wasting no more time on the author of the call he hung up returned the telephone to its place of concealment and helped himself to a cigarette before deigning to acknowledge sturm's persistent stare then elevating his eyebrows in mild impatience he made the laconic announcement eleven sturm's mouth twitched nervously his eyes burned with a keener fire coming here to-night yes then a gaunt hand described a gesture of agitation the hour strikes victor looked bored who knows he replied as who should say does it matter but got him himmel sturm victor interposed critically if you bolsheviki were a trifle more consistent one might repose greater faith in your sincerity but when one hears you deny the deity in one breath and call on him by the name in the next a mere mode of speech sturm muttered if you must invoke a spiritual patron why not satan or don't you believe in the powers of darkness either i believe in you as temporal viceroy of lucifer many thanks but you were about to say nothing that is i was envying your poise excellency you take things so coolly why not with eleven coming here to tell us when we are to strike why not victor repeated we are prepared to strike at any hour what matters whether to-night or a week from to-night since we cannot fail if that were only certain it rests with you that's just it sturm doubted moodily suppose i fail why then i suppose you will die i know and so will all of us excellency oh no undeceive yourself my friend i shall survive you will surely die and perhaps many others with you but i would not be number one if i had turned my hand to this scheme without discounting failure first of all my way of escape is sure i believe you sturm grumbled with a languid hand victor found and pressed a button embedded in the table near the edge you have reason whatever my shortcomings my good sturm they do not include hypocrisy i do not pretend like your noble bolsheviki i am in this business for the sake of humanity or anything but my own selfish ends power plunder a slight weight prefaced one final word spoken in a key of sombre passion revenge revenge sturm echoed staring i have more than one score to pay out before i can cry even with life one above all studying intently that darkened face and misled by its look of abstraction sturm was guilty of the indiscretion of his malicious smile the lone wolf 
victor turned weary eyes his way and under their black and lustreless regard the smile merged swiftly into a grin of nervous apology you are shrewd victor observed thoughtfully be careful it's a dangerous gift the man nogam gently opened the door and approached the table stopping just outside the area of illumination shed by the shaded lamp but since victor continued to smoke absently paying no attention nogam resigned himself to wait with entire patience the perfect pattern of a servant tempered by long servitude to the erratic winds of employers whims efficient assiduous mute unless required to speak long-suffering victor addressed him suddenly in a sharp voice that drew from sturm a glitter of eager spite nogam yes sir where is the princess sophia in her apartment sir and mr karslick in his then be good enough to send shaik tsin to me yes sir and nogam the servant checked in the act of turning i shan't need you again to-night thank you sir when nogam had left the room sturm remarking the slight frown that knitted victor's brows ventured an impertinence couched in a form of respectful inquiry excellency perhaps you trust that fellow too much hein you think so he is too perfect if you ask me never makes a false move either he is what he seems in which event a false move would be against nature or he is not and knows one slip would mean his death still i maintain you trust him too much with what the freedom of your house the opportunity to spy to get to know who comes to see you and when to listen at doors you have caught him listening at doors not yet but in time i think not i don't think he has to you mean sturm stammered perturbed you think he knows suspects i think he is one thing or the other merely nogam or one of the greatest of living actors in either case he is flawless thus far but if not merely nogam he will have a subtler means of eavesdropping than by listening at doors the dictograph make your mind easy about that this room is searched regularly by shaik tsin so is nogam's it is certain there is neither a dictograph installed here nor any means at nogam's disposal for connecting with a dictograph installation indeed so closely is nogam watched and by more cunning eyes than mine sometimes i begin to be afraid he is simply what he seems then you do suspect him my good sturm i suspect everybody sturm pondered this before pressing his point again karslick found the fellow for you he suggested at length true and karslick 
has been guilty of nothing more treacherous than falling in love with sophia your daughter excellency the young woman seems content to call herself that can't say i blame karslick but do you forgive him ah that is another matter mine is not a forgiving nature sturm not even towards excessive shrewdness victor took up a docket of papers and sturm mumbling an apology gave himself up to jealous brooding till he forgot the broad hint he had received if i can satisfy you that nogim is untrustworthy he began meaning to continue Carslick will stand his proved accomplice but victor would not let him finish nothing could please me more he interrupted do so by all means if you can and earn my everlasting gratitude sturm questioned him with puzzled eyes i ask no greater service of any man victor elucidated with a smile that made sturm shiver then proof that nogim is what i suspect him of being a hand extended upon the table unclosed and closed slowly with fingers tensed like a murderous claw i want no greater favour of heaven or hell he broke off abruptly having entered noiselessly in his padded shoes shaikh tsin now stood before victor offering a low obeisance you took your time victor grumbled and shaikh tsin smiled serenely i want you to tend the door to-night victor pursued eleven is expected at any moment you need not announce him simply show him in hearing is obedience wait as the chinaman began to bow himself out karslick is still in his room i suppose yes master and nogim has just gone to his when did you last search their quarters during dinner and of course found nothing shaikh tsin bowed make sure neither leaves his room to-night set a watch outside each door i have done so victor gave a sign of dismissal end of book two chapter twelve